Hello, hello, and welcome to another episode of Power Up and Game. I'm your host, Michael, and joining me, as always, is my main man, Taylor. Taylor, how you doing, buddy? Man, I'm doing pretty good. I'm a bit scatterbrained today, as you figured out when you joined the call. So, let's see how this goes. But how are you doing? Uh, not too bad. Uh, I'm actually a bit tired myself. Um, I was actually like, oh man, I guess we're going to be recording kind of late. I should take a nap. And then you're like, hey, I'm getting set up. It's like, fuck, that's it. All right, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> I guess a nap is out of the question now. Uh, but yeah, other than that, I'm actually good to go. Uh, I played a few hours of a certain game we're going to be talking about today. Certain uh, game. So, yeah, something that easily gets lost on Steam. You, we, we all know how it yeah. goes. Uh, so with that said, let's go ahead and get into our docket for today. We'll share our thoughts on the Xbox Developers Direct, including what we thought of Indiana Jones and the Great Circle. And of course, as for our main topic, we're talking about the cartoony looking game where you capture and level up various adorable animals in an effort to catch them all. And hilariously enough, we aren't talking about Pokemon, we're talking about Pal World. Taylor, go ahead and take it away. Don't mind if I do, Michael. And real quick, we just want to say that you can find sources for all the topics we're going over today down in the description of this episode. We do that to give out proper credit. And if anyone listening wants to learn more about the topics we cover. Also, it's important to note that you should take rumors or reports we cover with a grain of salt until they are officially confirmed or denied. Of course, some reports and rumors will be more reliable, but nothing is 100% in the gaming industry until it is properly announced. And sometimes, even then, it might get canned in the future. With that disclaimer out of the way, here is our main topic of the week. Pal World sells 5 million copies over the weekend. This one really came out of nowhere, didn't it? Yeah, it's kind of ridiculous. Like, we knew the game was coming, but, like, it didn't seem like the game was very hyped up reaching up to its launch. Like, we've been hearing about this game for the past few years now, and it just seemed like, oh, yeah, it's going to be a fun game to mess around with for a little while. Yeah, for me, I didn't hear about it until, like, two days before release. A friend of mine was oh, telling me about oh, wow. it, and then when the game released, I saw it on Game Pass. We'll get into it. And I was like, oh, I'll try it out. I all I knew about it from what my friend was telling me it was like it was a it really reminded him of Pokemon. And then once I started playing the game, I was like, Yeah, I see why. I see why. Yeah. But again, we will get into it. So Pocket Pairs Power World, an early access game being described online as Pokemon but with guns, dropped over the weekend, and safe to say it is a bona fide hit. The game has already sold over 5 million copies since its January 19th release date. Although I think you can describe Power World as Pokemon but with guns, in my opinion I think it's probably better described as Pokemon plus Ark and also with a little sprinkle of Zelda Breath of the Wild and it's all just mashed up into one single multiplayer game that also has guns. Besides the point, Power World has become one of the biggest streamed games and one of the most played games in a very short amount of time. 
Now, if you've been playing Pal World, here's a little shameless plug. Over on the nerdstash.com, we have tons of guides on the game. So if you run into some issues, head on over there and we should have you covered. Uh, but Michael, let's talk about this game. I've been talking to you about this game off and on for over the last two days, really. I told you that I personally believe Power World's surge in popularity is very reminiscent of how Fortnite blew up after it dropped its Battle Royale mode. So here are my loaded questions for you. First off, tell me your thoughts on this story and Power World's rapid success. Then, go into your thoughts on the game if you played it or if you've just been seeing it online. Right, so um, I've known about this game for the past couple of years. Uh, it seemed like one of those silly little things that may or may never come out. Uh, something that would be under the radar. It's like, oh, it's Pokemon, but with guns. And I've seen videos of it for the past couple of years. I was like, oh, that looks kind of cool. But at the same time, it looks like really kind of dumb. Uh, only because I, I was like, I don't know how that's going to carry. Why would I want to capture monsters if I could just shoot them all away with, with a rocket launcher? Uh, but as more information about the game came out, I was like, oh, okay, well, I could kind of see how, how this would work. Uh, although I myself was skeptical because I'm not a fan. And anybody who's listened to this podcast knows I'm not a fan of uh, the survival genre. And you, and you, you know, you were right. It's definitely a uh, more art survival than what people were giving it credit for. Uh, so for me, it was I was skeptical, and I'm kind of glad it's on Game Pass because that's the only way I was going to try it out. Uh, but yeah, man, I'm sort of not surprised that it's gotten super popular. I mean, you know, this is an industry where simulated goats is a thing that people absolutely love, and simulated car trucks and power washing and all this other stuff so i'm not surprised by it but i am pleasantly surprised that people have gotten to it so well uh because it is arc survival but instead of dinosaurs it's little pocket creatures uh so i i was interested in the idea of being able to mash all these worlds together uh but throughout my playthrough I'm sorry, man, but after a few hours of playing it, I think my skepticism was uh, correct. It's just, it's not a game for me. Uh, it's not a bad game. I, don't, I, I want to I make that clear right now. It's not a bad game, but it's not really a game that I can see myself playing. Uh, even after we're done with this episode, I don't know if I'll actually go back and play Pal World. I mostly played it because uh, it looked interesting at first and because we were talking about today. So I was like, okay. It wouldn't make sense if I talked about the game that I didn't play. So, yeah, I don't think I'll be going back to the game after we're done here. Uh, I think it's kind of like a one-and-done thing for me. I think the problem is it's because it will probably be more fun with friends. And I said the same thing about LEGO uh, Fortnite, that it's definitely something that's more fun with friends, and playing it by yourself isn't the best experience. And I kind of hate that I can only have fun with it with friends and you know it still says the early access game um and you and i will get into it uh i'll talk about this but the xbox and game pass version uh is actually outdated compared to the steam version yep uh, so that kind of yeah so that kind of soured my experience a little bit but other than that 
I mean, it's it's a, it's not a bad game. It's a decent game. I can see people having fun with it. Uh, it's the same reason I couldn't get into Ark. It's the same reason I couldn't get to, I mean, get into like Seven Days to Die or stuff like that. You kind of, you, you've told me this before and you said it on the podcast several times. You do kind of struggle to get into survival games and especially base building games. Like It's something like, uh, I always talk up No Man's Sky, right? And yeah, yeah. even something like No Man's Sky, you always had the prerequisite to be like, no, it's a fantastic game, but I don't play it because it's just not my thing. Yeah, it's just those things that I can't get into. And it's not that, oh, you don't get the mechanics. It's more that I kind of don't like that it's just repetitive busy work, I guess. Um, I like exploring the world. Don't get me wrong. Like, that stuff is fun. Uh, I think there's enough enemies sparse, uh, um, uh, spread out in the, in the world of Power World. Uh, I like that they don't attack you right away. I was like, oh, even the mammoth, the 30, level 35 mammoth, the king of the forest, it'll just walk by you. And I was like, okay, this is nice. I can actually explore the world and not feel like I have to carry six ton of ammunition and 600 bows and arrows with me. I can actually strategize when I'm going to attack, who do I attack, and how I'm going to do it. And that's all fun. But when it comes down to... Oh, you you have to do you have to deal with your hunger. You have to deal with weapons breaking. You have to deal with making buildings so that way you you can survive the elements. I'm like, okay, that's dumb. Uh, and it's not dumb, but it's like, okay, well, I can get through that the first time. But that's the whole experience. Mm-hmm. I got so tired of cooking things and and eating things. It's like, oh, you're hungry. It's like, oh my god, I forgot about that because I'm trying to figure out how I'm going to capture these next five monsters and then defeat the first boss. Uh, all this is the tutorial, by the way. The tutorial is actually kind of long, which I don't mind. Um, yeah, not to step on your toes here, but just to kind of shit on Ark Survival Evolved a little bit. <laughs> wow. The UI of both games, I think, are very similar. Like the technology trees and all that stuff, it's very similar to Ark to me. Yeah. The one thing I'll give Power World above Ark, like from the jump, is that Power World will give you that little tutorial, and it's basically like a, hey, here's what we recommend you do, and here's some XP of you do it. Taurus Ark essentially just drops you on the island, and it's like, hey, you washed up on shore, and guess what? There's a dinosaur 10 feet away from you. Good fucking luck. <laughs> That's yeah. all they do, really. At least Power World, they give you... A little bit, like you said, like not all the animals will attack you to start with. You do have the thugs that are roaming the world and the dire wolves, and I assume there are probably other creatures that I haven't encountered yet that will attack you, uh, but not a lot of them, especially I think early on. Like you said, you could easily just start out, ease your way into the world, and just explore for a little bit to see what you got. The problem is, is what you were saying. If you are not a survival game person, this might be a little bit of a struggle for you because it isn't as... It's definitely more accessible. It's more accessible than uh, Ark is, I believe, and Seven Days to Die, and all those kind of games. Have you tried playing uh, the last Conan game that was survival? No, I haven't. I've heard mixed things about it, too. Absolutely terrible. It was just, it was such a, 
a bore to play and such a horrible experience. And I and I and I, I like Conan, so don't get me wrong. But man, that survival game was absolutely brutal, which it was it was supposed to be. By the way, I don't want anybody to think like, oh yeah, that's the whole point. Like yeah, it's a, it's supposed to be brutal because it's the world of Conan. The world of Conan is brutal. Uh, but I felt like it was brutal not because the gameplay was bad, but it was because the game had so much going on and gave you so little information that it just kind of felt like, yeah, I don't want to do this. Yeah, Power World is more accessible than all those games. But the survival elements that you were talking about is not your thing. It's still there and you have to deal with it. it that's what I yeah. think. If you're not a survival game person, you might struggle with that. So I'm really glad you brought that up. Yeah, yeah and the worst part is it's not... It's not as bad as some of the other games that we've mentioned. Um, the hunger system, you know, I think it's pretty lenient. Uh, like I said, I, I sometimes I would just forget that I had to eat because the meter doesn't just drain away in 30 seconds. Like, it takes a while for you to get hungry. I'm just like, oh, that's right. I have to eat. The only problem I have with that is you also got to work. You also got to watch the hunger of your pals. Uh, a little monsters you pick, you, you, uh, you, you um, capture they have a hunger meter. It's like, what? Why do I have to do that? Like, you're you're a wild animal. What were you doing before I captured you? Wasn't you eating out of bushes and stuff anyway? Like, there's an abundance of bushes around here. Go eat that. But no, once you capture them, you have to worry about their sleep. You have to worry about their mental condition. You have to worry about their uh, their eating. And well, you like, are basically Yo. capturing them. You're beating them up, capturing them, and then the forcing them to work <laughs> on your base. It's just, it's, yeah. you don't think about it too hard, all right? This is just a fun little Pokemon-esque game. Don't think about it too hard. Yeah, I just don't, I, it's just, it throws a lot at you within like the first hour or so, because you're slowly building things up. And when you slowly build things up, you start to realize more and more stuff gets on there. It's like, okay, now you have to build a campfire. You have to build a house. Like, okay, that's pretty basic. Now you got to build uh, a crusher. Now you have to build... Yeah, a hot spring for your monsters so that way their mental health could be better. It's like, wait, a hot spring? What? Wait, what? how's that going to help me? It's like, oh, no, it helps your pals, which works on your base. And then you have to level up your base by doing certain things. It just becomes so much. It's just like, oh, my goodness. I feel like a terrible person because I haven't built the hot spring yet. You monster. <laughs> I mean, I've been exploring the world. And every, like, I'll still see my uh, pals at back of my base, like, oh, they did this, or they ate this. And I'm like, cool. I wish I was there. I'm like an absentee father, basically. <laughs> oh, my goodness. <laughs> it's like the awesome power song. Dad was never there. <laughs> yeah, this isn't Animal Crossing or, 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 or uh, Nintendogs. You can't just leave them be, <laughs> and that's it. You actually got to keep up with them. Oh, have your base been attacked yet? Yeah. There's I've encountered a few well, the same glitch. But I've encountered it a few times. Oh? To whereas it'll say a group is attacking me and they'll be all yeah. across the ridge to where they came and get to me. And I'm just like, Cool, they'll attack me sometime tomorrow. Good luck. And they just never even get to the base. Yeah, I've had that happen once with uh bandwagon fangirls. That popped up for me today, and I could not stop laughing. <laughs> I was like, wait, yeah, that, who is attacking me now? <laughs> yeah, that actually kind of scared me, because like, I haven't done anything. Why is there fangirls? And this giant 
10 foot tall pink monster thing comes out. I'm like, oh my God, what is that thing? And all my pals just jumped it and just started beating it. Ooh, one thing I did like though, is that uh, some of your pals, they have what's called buddy skills or uh, partner skills or something like that. Yeah. And I found this one, this this fox that's on fire. And you know I had to capture those things. Those things are absolutely beautiful. I love them. They're my new favorite. You can pick them up and use them as a flamethrower. Yeah, it's awesome. Like once you actually build a harness for them, you just hold them as a flamethrower. And it's, I'm not going to lie, that's the coolest thing ever. That's the kind of stuff that I want to see in Pokemon. To where you and your Pokemon actually work together, other than oh, you had to use cut and surf. Like, yeah, that's kind of cute, but I want to use my Pokemon for like other things. Like, oh, I want to climb this mountain. Pokemon use Hyper Jumper or some crap. I don't know. Uh, but yeah, it's that's kind of, that's, that kind of cool stuff. To where one one pal you capture uh, while you're in a fight, she'll follow up your attack with a Thunderbolt attack. I was like, that's pretty cool. Uh, the little sheep's. Uh, not only would they make wool, but they would actually form themselves as a shield for you. It's like, that's the coolest, cutest little shield I've ever seen. That's really cool. The monkey. And also the fox. Oh, the monkey carries a gat. It's like, oh my goodness, you can give the monkey a gun. <laughs> okay, that's pretty cool. Uh, you give him an assault rifle. Uh, but actually, one of the cooler details is at night. Uh, I threw out one of my little fire fox things. I forgot what it's called. Uh, fox bark. I threw out a fox bark. And it actually illuminated the area. I was like, oh my goodness, that's actually a really cool detail. I like it's that. It's a nice extra torch. Like, that's, I agree with you. It, it is, yeah. Just to get my thoughts on the game out of the way so we can get into the broader conversation about the game, I have really been enjoying this game. I actually, and the thing is, I know I'm playing the inferior version. That's the funny part. I'm playing the Game Pass yeah, version. Yeah, yeah. I know I'm playing the inferior version. I'm really enjoying it. Now, there's still a lot of flaws I have about it, including the multiplayer issues on Xbox. Um, because on Xbox, you can you only can't play, play with others. Four, yeah, you can only play up to four people. On PC, I think it's up to 32 people on a server. 30, 32, yeah. There's no dedicated servers on Xbox. And it's a thing where if I'm joining a friend's lobby, I can't play in that lobby by myself. Still being said... I've really been enjoying this game. I think it is what a lot of Pokemon fans have wanted. I'm not even really a Pokemon fan. I'm I would be what I would be considered a casual uh Same. Pokemon. Fan. Uh, I used to be I used to be big into Pokemon, but the more they've added and that whole Z fighting thing and Mega Evolutions, it it lost me. So I was like, yeah, I'm a casual now. I would say a casual Pokemon fan, and it's something that I think I would have like if I got a little more into the franchise, that's exactly what I would want from a game. And I think a lot of Pokemon fans, this is what they've been wanting for a long, long time. So I've been really enjoying the game. I think it has a lot of potential. We're going to get into some other things about like whether the developer will be able to live up to the game's potential because the developer does have a reputation. Uh, but that's for a different conversation. Getting into the broader talk about the game itself you talked about the pals and their partner like their partner skills right that's yeah, yeah. been fantastic exploring the world's been fantastic the base stuff the survival elements that you were talking about it's fine to me as somebody who <laughs> genu generally likes this kind of stuff it's fine is it great no the fun of this game though man is whenever you're out there exploring 
And if you have a friend yeah. and they're in there and they're trying to capture a pal and you're over there trying to help them. So you're trying to like help out with the rate of success. So you're trying to beat them up, but not kill them. One of the few things I actually really dislike about the game is you can actually kill the pals because I've never been more put off by a game than accidentally killing a pal and being like, why is it just, it's rolling around. It's dead lifeless body is just rolling around making me feel bad. And I'm like, fuck off game. It's, it's not dead. It actually, it actually faints. Uh, if you look in their eyes, they have little swirly eyes. So they're not dead. By, by, by rule, if it was an X on their eyes, they would be dead. But because of the circular, uh, the spiral in their eyes, they're either fainted or dazed. I hope you're right, but I think you're huffing some copium here. Really? You think? So? I mean, well, that's like the general rule of cartoons. Like, oh, if yeah. there's circular eyes, you know, they're dizzy or they're passed out or whatever. But if there's an X on there or the crossbones, then they're dead. So when I saw it, I just saw them as being passed out. And I'm pretty sure I even saw a couple of them still breathing. So I, I'm pretty sure they're still alive. How did you feel about, like, capturing the pals, though? Because, again, that's, to me, I think the funnest part of the game which i think for a game like this it should be yeah i should find it kind of annoying only because i hate the i hate the controls um <laughs> you have to push it's Q in order me. to throw oh well, even on yeah. controller it's confused me a few times where i've accidentally hit the wrong button yeah i've done that so many times where i've wasted a few of my uh capture spheres because i accidentally hit q and for some reason e is not to equip or pick up things it's f and I know you can probably change it up, but it's like, ah, I'm not going to go through all of that. And the control support for me so far has been pretty bad to where my Xbox controller just flat out didn't really work with it. It kept trying to switch back over to the mouse and keyboard. So I was like, forget it. I'll just do mouse and key now. Uh, so my experience playing with mouse and key. Um, yeah, I don't really like the controls. So when like trying to capture those things, it's, it's okay. No, it's, it's not bad. I like that they give you a percentage of your of your uh, success rate before you even throw the ball, so you can actually cancel it and not waste any of your uh, any of your spheres. So I was like, okay, that's kind of cool. At least now I know if I try to capture this thing, there's a good chance it's gonna break out. I even tested it myself and it was like, oh, you have a thirty seven percent chance of capturing this thing. I was like, forget that. It's like at one HP, and I would throw it, and it would keep and it kept breaking out with like three or four different spheres. And then my little pal said, man, forget this, and wasted it and just ended the, ended the fight. I was like, oh, well, I guess I have to pay attention to uh, my success rates. That's cool. So I, it, it wasn't bad. You know, I think it could be better, though. Yeah. And I think another thing about the survival, and then we can get into Power World and its success. When you die, you lose everything you have. Granted, yeah, it does come up as a big, massive X when you're looking at the map, so you can go back and get your stuff. And plus, there's going to be a big ass blue light beaming from the sky, like in its Avengers movie. <laughs> so that's all cool. Like, I don't mind that. I think some people, possibly like yourself, Michael, who aren't into survival games, that might be something else that might put you off the game as well. Yeah, it's probably it's almost like a permadeath kind of thing. Only, you know, you still go back and get your stuff. But depending on where your base is and where your last uh, uh, quick quick travel. Yeah, fast travel's in the game as well, which is yeah. amazing. That's one of the best things added to this game. Fast travel and the ability to sleep the change from night to day. 
Which man, those those, those those before you build a bed, I had a hard time actually building the bed because I was trying to get everything to power to uh, level up my base and whatnot. Um, yeah, yeah, I've never had such a hard time. But like, I don't understand how to build this daggone bed, and I had to suffer the whole night. And before you get clothes, uh, if you try to walk out at night outside of your campfire, you'll freeze to death. And I was like, well, how do I make wool? I was like, okay, where do I find wool? How do I make cloth so I can make this, so I can make clothing? And you have to go out into the world to find these pals that are actually made of wool, capture them. And the only way to get their wool is to build a, ranch. like a little sheep farm. Yeah. Yeah. You build a little ranch. And you, in order to do that, hey, once you do you that, though, you're good for life. Those sheep and everything, they're dropping so much wool. You're going to have to just create all these crates just to put it in. Oh, man. I have like four, I have like four sheep just working in my, uh, my base. And I'm just like yeah. collecting wool and eggs everywhere. Uh, but yeah, but yeah, uh, it's, it's kind of ridiculous when it starts off because that can be very discouraging. You're like, oh, you don't want to freeze? Make some clothes. Okay. How do I make clothes? You have to make cloth. Okay. How do I make cloth? You have to have wool. Well, I'm going to get wool. There's nothing but rocks and trees around me. Yeah, so you actually have to go outside of the of the starting area, find some sheep, which you'll find a abundant of them. But at first, you know, you're too scared to go out because you don't know what's out there. And all you got is like a club and maybe an axe. Um, and so you go out there and you're just like, I don't know what's out there. I don't know what kind of beasts are here. And especially when you see a mammoth walk by, you're like, yeah, no, I'm not fighting that thing. That thing's going to kill me. Uh, so yeah, it's kind of discouraging at first because I didn't know where to get any of this stuff from. But of course, sticking with it, you were able to find it. So it's definitely, it doesn't hold your hand too much. I will give it that. Uh, it's definitely, if you don't like survival or you haven't played survivals before, I think Power World is a good place to start to see if you enjoy it because it has its charm. Uh, but in the end, I'm still in the tutorial. <laughs> it's, a lo- it's a long tutorial. Michael, um, the more I hear you talk about this game and how you just don't like survival games, period, the more you start to sound like my uncle when trying to operate any any piece of technology. Like, oh my goodness, don't say that, man. You're oh just my goodness. Like, I don't know how this works. And you're like, just, just hit the up on the D-pad, scroll over <laughs> to bedding, and then place the bed there. You have all the materials. I know what you are talking about here, but no, nah, overall, I get what you're I, talking I just, about. That, that's the I, thing, though. I'm just fucking. Oh, yeah, yeah, I get it. I get overall, it. Yeah. I see where you're coming from. Yeah, anybody who doesn't play survival or people like you who love survival, you're so used to it that when you listen to somebody like me, you're like, bro, it's not that deep. It's, it's not that hard. It's not that hard. I don't know what you don't get about it. And yeah, I, I, I still think that Power was a good place to start if you're interested in survivals, but you are scared. Of stuff like Conan and Art Survival, because those things are not forgiving. Those are for people who actually know survival games and know how to play it. Uh, those are for things like, hey, we're not going to waste your time with a six-hour tutorial. You already know how to play it. Go out there and play it. Power World is like, whether you whether you've played survivals or not, we're gonna we're gonna put you in a space to where you can actually get started without feeling too frustrated. And I think that's a good place to start. Uh, that or Lego Fortnite. I agree that Power World is a great place to start. If you are hesitant about survival games, if it's never really been your thing, try out Power World. See if it is 
you might be like Michael and be like, nah, it's still not. Or it might actually be the game that gets you into that genre. So I would sign off on that with you. As for the other stuff, um, or just to kind of end this conversation here, I think Power Up has been a great game so far. I love its potential. Um, the fights in the game are sometimes janky, sometimes really fun. So a lot of improvements can be made there. I would say a lot of the fun fights I've been in have been with the bosses or, like I said earlier, playing with friends and trying to capture pals. But sometimes you will get into fights and realize, oh, this pal gets stuck here, so all I gotta do <laughs> is just stand above them on a rock yeah. and then I can take them out. It's stuff like that that will kind of take you out of the world a little bit. But overall, I was very, very impressed with this game. Um, and I'm glad, it's going to sound bad, but I'm glad you kind of didn't like it. Because it gave two varying opinions <laughs> about the game. Damn. Yeah, <laughs> I'm glad you, no, did, I'm I'm glad you didn't like this game. the fact that <laughs> we had two varying different opinions on the game. And I think what you were saying about survival, yeah. like the survival game genre, it's very accurate because there are a lot of people who this is not their thing. And again, while this is a great beginner survival game, it still might not be your game. But I would say, and I think you would agree, Michael, try it out. It's definitely worth trying out. Oh, yeah, it is. Um, just, you know, try it out on Game Pass if you have it. I know it's outdated, but it's definitely worth something to try out. Um the uh, creator actually talked about why the Xbox version and the Game Pass version is uh, behind. Xbox certification. And it's because they're trying to push the certification. Yeah, they're trying to push the patches out. Uh, and this, is, this isn't the first time we've heard people having problems with Sony or Microsoft and their whole, oh, you have to uh, go through our quality uh, checks. And it, and it becomes a problem for a lot of smaller studios that want to do like live service games or games like survival, such as power world, because you're going to be behind and the PC version, you just push it right out. And that really sucks. I think, uh, Microsoft and PlayStation needs to find a better way of, uh, certifying these games. Yeah, I definitely agree. It is a bit funny though, how we'll talk about Xbox's direct here in a few minutes. But Xbox, I thought, had a really good week with what they showed at the Developer Direct. They have. And then this comes along, and you think, oh, man, so console-wise, Power World is only out on Xbox. This is a massive win for them. And then when this story comes out about, like, uh, the issues that the developer has reportedly faced, it has to do with, like, certification from Xbox's end. And you just go, like, damn. <laughs> They can't even have a win. We'd this ruin week. it because now everybody's blaming them for the Game Pass version. <laughs> like, damn Xbox, why can't you get your shit going so we can have a great game like the Steam version? Yeah, because I would actually like to see that version. Because uh, my girlfriend, she was playing Power earlier on Steam, and they have version one point two zero, and the Xbox and Game Pass version has just version one point zero. So I'm kind of wondering, like, man, I wonder what kind of, like, hot fixes they'll be able to push out. Yeah, I definitely agree. But this game, for all the talk we've 
had about it. This game's immensely popular. It sold over 5 million copies over a weekend, which is absolutely insane. Granted, it is not a $70 game, which also is a huge win for the developer. Because having it, what, at $30, I believe? Having it at $30, I think, is a perfect price point for a game like this. Still, hugely popular. Do you think the developer can keep it going? I mean, I think they have a plan. Um, I don't with the, with the sudden popularity. I don't think they're going to just let it die off. Uh, they're going to keep trying to uh, get the Xbox version up to snuff. I said, way more people on Xbox on console will pay uh, and grab up the game. And of course, you know, uh, when it comes to the multiplayer, they're going to want to they're going to want the uh, Xbox multiplayer fans in there. So I think they're going to have a uh, a bit of a struggle, but I think they're going to have that as a priority to fix and streamline the uh, the online version, um, the multiplayer version. Because yeah, uh, what you were saying earlier it is a chore to do the multiplayer, <laughs> which is kind of weird. It's like, oh, do you have like a friend code or an ID? It's like, no. Why would I need that? Why can't I just you get my friends list? Because uh, on Game Pass, it shows you that oh, you have this many friends playing this game, but then when you get into the game you can't actually use your uh, Xbox contacts to invite friends or to see what they're up to and join them. And I find that very strange. So I do hope that's something that they fix. So I do think that they can deliver uh, as long as they listen to fans and push out uh, far better updates for the game. Yeah, I agree. I want to hold off on some of my thoughts here because of our next segment, because it's a poll question. Going forward, we're going to have polls where we ask people from the Nerd Stash writing staff various questions to get their take on our main topics. As we go on, we plan to branch out by making this a Nerd Stash writing staff and a listener poll where we'll read off your responses each week. As for our first poll question, or really poll questions, here's what I asked them. Quote, with Power World's insane success so far, we want to know, what are your personal thoughts on the game, and are you surprised by its rapid growth in popularity? End quote. Justin Lapine said, quote, Personally, I feel like Power World was a meme game in everyone's heads, and it turned out to be something fantastic. At first, I thought it'd be something like Pokemon Legends, Acreus, but it turned out to be more like Rust with Breath of the Wild and then Pokemon on the side. I'm shocked about the game's quick growth, but I feel like due to people recommending the title quickly and every streamer and their grandmother jumping in it so fast, uh, can't wait to see what's coming to the game. I hope it isn't a Craftopia situation, end quote. Now, that's a very good point. Because the developer does not have a fantastic track record with keeping these early access games alive and going. I also want to read out what Nat Colazzo said. Quote, With respect to Power World, I feel like its popularity isn't very surprising since it includes everything we could have ever wanted in a Pokemon game. However, I do feel like the conversation about AI has definitely pushed it forward more so if that conversation wasn't being had, especially since footage of the same uh, Pala 
has been available for several years before the AI conversation became more abundant. The question it pose, does pose so far for me is, how long of a lifespan does Pal World have? It reminds me of when Hogwarts Legacy was popular and it had a larger player base due to those who wanted to prove others wrong. Now I feel like it isn't nearly as popular as it was, which is what leads me to that particular question. End quote. I feel like Nat and Julio both have fantastic points, and I think they kind of both go in, like, they coincide with each other here. How long of a lifespan does Power World have? Yeah, I mean, I give it a couple of years. I think it has some legs on it. Uh, it's not, it's not going to be a No Man's Sky. It's not going to be like Ark. Uh, I think they're going to do a couple of years uh, updates because I think it's going to stay popular because uh, there's more things they can do. They can expand the island. They can add in new monsters. They can add in new challenges. Um, but I don't think that we're going to be talking about it a whole lot this year alone. Uh, but we will come back to it and be like, oh, yeah. Remember this little indie game that made five million that sold five million copies in less than a weekend? So it's like eh, it's got legs. We're gonna talk about it, but I don't expect us to see uh a no man's skies type situation. I think it depends almost solely on what the developers do next for the game. Like I think this is a very key not to sound like overly dramatic about it, but I think it really depends on what Pocket Pair does next with Power World. What kind of game do you want to have? Do you want a No Man's Sky experience to where players are applauding the updates that you're providing and having a great time and still buying the game? Or, and this is just, uh, I'm just being a little cynical about it, do you want to be like every other publisher, every other big name studio that's like, let's monetize the shit out of this? Because I feel like if it's the latter... You're going to ruin it. The Hogwarts Legacy comparison is pretty good as well. Like, that's a... I can see it becoming that. Because Hogwarts Legacy is still generally seen as a really good game. But I think all the time has passed, and all the craziness around that game when it first launched, now gone, now we can have a conversation about the game itself. Like, it was it as good as people were saying. Was it as bad as people were saying? Let's actually figure it out. And it feels like where we collectively, from what I've seen, and granted, I'm not on social media, I'm not sure what people are saying about it now, but collectively from what I've seen from around YouTube and on Reddit is the game was really good, but damn, it wasn't like a game changer. Like people initially pushed it as when it first released. And I'm wondering if Power World might end up like that as well. No, I can kind of see it because Power World is filled with controversy too. Yeah. Uh, because like you said, the company doesn't have the most sterling reputation. And of course, the pure Pokemon inspiration. Let's just call it that. <laughs> I think I'm saying inspiration very loosely there. Yeah, I don't I don't really, myself, I don't really like if people are like, oh, it's a ripoff. Like, Technically, you can say anything is a ripoff of something. Like every first-person shooter can be a ripoff of Doom, uh, or or, or Wolfenstein. Uh, Breath of the Wild itself was a ripoff of other survival games and these other games where you uh, climb freeform and all this stuff. And the only reason it got it accolades is because oh, it's a Zelda game, it's 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 a, it's a Nintendo game. 
Uh, you could say every RPG is a ripoff of not even Final Fantasy, uh, 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 Chrono Trigger, and, and all the classic RPGs that came before it. You know, there's so many things you could say is a ripoff of something. There's nothing wrong with taking inspiration from others and putting your own twist to it. You think Nintendo came up with that thing on their own? No, there were other platform games before Mario. I know there were other games before Star Fox and before Zelda. They, but they were fun because uh, creative people like me, like Mr. Miyamoto, took inspirations from stuff that they liked and put their own twist to it. That's what makes these things so creative and so great. So people are like, oh man, it's a rip off of this. Like, who cares? Is it fun? Did they did they inspire from it? There's a difference between being inspired from something and ripping it off. Ripping it off is doing like a darn near one for one comparison. All right, and. I'm sorry for anybody who doesn't agree with it, but Power Wars is not a ripoff of Pokemon. It has inspirations from Pokemon, but also has inspiration from like what you said, Taylor, from Ark Survival to where it's a human uh, surviving in a world filled with monsters uh, and like monsters smaller and bigger than them and trying to survive out in the wild and eventually pretty much taking over and using said creatures for transportation and, and their, for their own wi- goodwill. Like these things, they all mix together and they all have inspirations with each other. Just because you don't like the way the game looks, or you know, you believe some rumor that's on Twitter or online, doesn't instantly make something a ripoff. People are like, "Oh, Foam Stars ripoff of uh, Splatoon." It's like, well, Splatoon, I guess, is a ripoff of a paintball because all it really is is paintball. Uh, so I think stop calling it a ripoff. It's it's inspired. Uh, it's inspired by multiple genres of games, mostly in the survival genre. I think, and granted, again, I really like Power World. I think it is a great game so far, and I hope the best for it. I think this game is definitely a ripoff of Pokemon. But I also think it's a ripoff of Arc oh, Struggle Evolved and Zelda Breath of the Wild. I fully, fully believe that the developers basically went, we're going to take a few games that a lot of people love, and we're going to mash that some bitch together and see what happens. <laughs> or, or, hey, let's take these games that I like to play, that we like to play, and make our own version of that game. <laughs> but speaking of whether the game is a ripoff or not, I'm glad you said that because it goes right into our next batch of answers to our poll question. Joshua Chu said, quote, I think the plagiarism is kind of undeniable at this point, so I'm curious at how consumers will respond to that, except not really, because I don't think that they will actually care about it all that much. End quote. David Rodriguez responded, and I think both Joshua's and David's posts kind of go hand in hand with each other. Here's David's take. Quote, I would also argue that a lot of Pokemon's base character designs are very directly copied from other popular games and stories, from back in the day. Check any Dragon Warrior slash Quest Monster list and the OG Pokemon, and there are a lot of similarities, end quote. So I think it's basically what we were just talking about. Yeah. Now, there's a huge difference between taking inspiration or taking a piece of something and then bringing it over to something you're making and making it your own thing and pure plagiarism. So we're not saying plagiarism's okay. It's not. But there is a fine line between 
taking inspiration and plagiarism. I do think, even though I called it a ripoff of all those games, it does just enough to stay on the side of inspiration. Okay, that's fair. But regardless, just want to thank everybody for sending in the responses. And again, we will be doing this every week, most likely every week, uh, with our main topics. Michael, you ready to get into our other stories of the week? Uh, yeah, let's do it. All right, let's get into our other stories of the week. Kicking off our other stories, we have Xbox's latest developer, Direct. The Direct's biggest headline was easily machine games Indiana Jones game, officially titled Indiana Jones and the Great Circle. We also received new looks at Sinua Saga Hellblade 2, which is releasing on May 21st, 2024. We also got a look at Avowed and Ara, History Untold. Both games are said to be released in fall of 2024. Taylor, what were your thoughts on the developer direct and what were your highlights from the event? I thought it was a good showcase for Xbox. I really do. I am a little disappointed that it's not called the Indiana Jones game like you and I hoped it would be last <laughs> what? week. Um, <laughs> but as for the game itself, I really liked what I saw from it. The only thing that I didn't really like about it is it was first person. It's just not my thing. Oh, I get no. why it's first person. I do. I'm not going to shit on the game for being first person, period. It's what Machine Games does. It's what they're used to. I get why the developer would do it. It's just one of those things that if I had to nitpick it, I'd be like, all right, it's first person. That's mm, not sure I wanted any Ed Jones game in first person. But it is what it is. The gameplay looked fun. I thought the graphics, especially the character models, looked great. Troy Baker, by the way, as Indy. What an incredible job from what we heard. Yeah, he sounded very much like Harrison Ford. I thought it was a really good showing as well for Avowed. At least, I don't want to say really good. It was a good showing for Avowed. The game is still slated to come out in fall 2024, and I was shocked to hear that. I'm like, really? You sure? You don't want to wait till 2025 for that one? Like, it still <laughs> looks a bit undercooked. Yeah. But I like a lot of what I saw from it. It's just that I think it needs a little more time in the oven. As for Hellblade 2, though, I am glad it's got a soon-ish release date. I think it needed it. Yes. Oh, yeah. Yeah, because from what they what they showed at the uh, Game Awards, uh, just just last month, it was like, okay, it seems like you guys are like right there. How come we don't have a date yet? So yeah, I'm I'm glad they actually gathered. In fact, when it came to our predictions, uh, we actually said that in order for this to be a success, uh, Sinua Hellblade Two had to come out with a like a solid release date, not a 2024 window, but an actual release date. So at least we got that. Uh, as for me, actually, I like machine machine gun games, and I I think they did a great job with the Wolfenstein uh, franchise when they got their chance uh, with that legendary series. It's it's not it's not something to take lightly that you get to do a pretty much reboot to Wolfenstein. Uh, so I think they did a great job with that. So I'm excited to see what they do with Indiana Jones. Uh, our boy Todd Howard <laughs> is executive producer. Uh, he had. He had big ideas for this game for a while now, so apparently this is one of his uh one of his dream games. 
So that's actually pretty cool to uh, hear. So I think it's going to be filled with plenty of passion. So I don't think I have to worry about that. Uh, Senua 2, I'm glad we actually got a release date. Like I said earlier, uh, you and I both said that the only way it's going to be successful is if they put it out there. And as for uh, A Raw History Untold, I like 4X games. Uh, I, I, I like Civilization. That's one of my favorite games. Uh, so for them to be like, oh yeah, we're doing 4X, but we're also making it super accessible by having it to where you don't have to really wait your turn. Everything happens all at once. I'm like, oh, that's going to change the way I strategize a bit. And I'm actually kind of excited to see if this makes games faster or more interesting uh, as you have to try and find different ways to win. Because unlike Civilization, according to developers, uh, Aura doesn't have a set condition it all depends on how you play it i'm like okay that's actually pretty cool uh, i can't wait to see how that works out for end games and as for avowed i agree with you oh my goodness avowed looks not ready it uh <laughs> i can see why it doesn't have a date yet um it looks like a game that probably came out on the xbox one and playstation 4 to be honest it doesn't really look like something that uh, that I was expecting to see as Xbox exclusive. But again, it is also Obsidian. Obsidian doesn't do like AAA graphics. So I'm not surprised that it looks the way that it does. But yeah, I was like, man, are you guys sure this is coming out in 2024? Like foundationally, from what we saw in the demo or in the look, I like what I saw. Generally, it was pretty good. Yeah, it was fun. It was fun. It's what you expect from Obsidian. But when you look at the graphics and overall a few things about it, you're like, ah, maybe a few months will help. Yeah, the animation and the AI that they decided to show off, because I'm guessing they played it on like easy mode, uh, because, man, those enemies barely reacted. And some of those hits didn't really feel or didn't even look like they had any weight to them. So it reminded me of not Skyrim, but uh, Murrowind. If anybody who has played... Uh, Elder Scrolls long enough to have actually played Morrowind to where your your swings and your and your hits, they didn't feel like they were connecting, but every now and again you see health goes down. It kind of seems that's what a Val was doing. Yeah. And last thing about Indiana Jones, again, it looks great, but can it be better than the Dial of Destiny? No, oh, come on. That's not... I, I think Indiana Jones fans are just... uh. We're looking for a win, okay? Yeah, yeah, the hunger for something, because I know the last couple of Indiana Jones movies, those last two movies didn't really, it didn't really make fans happy. I'll never forget that fridge scene, though, from Kingdom of the Crystal Skull. Man, I tried so hard to be like, yeah, you know, I, I, can, I can believe it. Like, I even told myself, like, yeah. Now that's like, taking some copium right there. <laughs> <laughs> I saw it in theaters. I was like, you know what? I can accept this. It's Indiana Jones. Uh, I'm I'm sure that fridge has like lead ceilings or something. I don't know, man. I'm trying. So we go down this rabbit hole to basically say Indiana Jones in the Great Circle. Good job so far. You got a low bar in terms of topping the last piece of Indiana Jones media. Yeah, I I guess. (laughs) I didn't even think about that. But all right, let's get out of here, Michael. What are you working on and where can the people find you? 
I'm actually working on a preview, another preview for uh, Anomaly Collapse. Uh, a new demo came out. Go ahead and try that out. And the developers actually asked me to do a video for it. And I was like, oh, that's really cool. Yes, I would love to do one. So I'm working on that. And you can find more about that on my uh, X account, aka Twitter, at M underscore M-O-S-L-E-Y underscore J-R. You can also find me on Twitch at twitch.tv slash foxdaddy. That's F-0-X-D-A-D-D-Y. What about you, Taylor? What are you working on? Where can we find you? Not working on a whole lot other than these podcasts. Speaking of the podcast, by the way, we have an upcoming episode of Nerd Thought Movies I'm very excited about. It's going to be my top 52 favorite movies of all time. Both Drew Garrison and Tristan Benz have put out their top 52, and I was the last one up to bat, and I had a really fun time listing out my top 52 favorite movies. And over the next few weeks, we're going to be doing that and then we're going to be covering both versions of dune as we get ready for dune part two uh other than nerd stop movies that we also have a recent episode of the Lombox hunters from tristan and drew where they debate on whether or not marvel comics should reboot and i thought it was an excellent episode definitely worth checking out as for where you could find me you can find me in our Discord, the link for which is in the description of this episode. I want to thank Michael for joining me and for hosting this very fine podcast. I want to thank anyone for listening. I want to thank our staff writers for sending in their answers to the poll question. And we will be back next week with a brand new episode. <laughs>